Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome to the July 25th edition of the PFF Forecast. Great episode here today. We're going to do, we're going to talk a little Aaron Rodgers. Obviously, the Packers stuff is what everyone is talking about. Um, we're going to try to do it in a way that isn't just regurgitating and opining what we think he's going to do, but more looking at markets seeing where we think there might be opportunity, uh, what bets we've placed, um, that whole deal. Talk a little bit about Chandler Jones just requesting a trade um, from the Cardinals, and then a cool conversation on surplus value and more of this, um, you know, a little bit of the positional value conversation that we've been having over the past week or so, and we'll close it out with recommendations. Let's rock. Friday was a hell of a day. That was, that made me feel, so Friday, you've got, you open up the day and you've got like Michael Thomas might not be playing. That's right. First five games, right? Like that story was massive. And by the end of the day, like no one even remembered Michael Mm -hmm. Thomas because then it's Devontae Adams is pissed off. They're breaking off contract talks with the, with the Packers. He supposedly wants 30 million, right? And then you've got Aaron Rodgers and the PFT report, Pro Football Talk report, comes out that sportsbooks think he's retiring next week or this coming week. Yeah. And then at like 11.30, both of uh, Adams and Rodgers post Instagram stories, the exact same picture of uh, Pippen and Jordan alluding to the last dance, obviously. And like the internet goes absolutely wild. Yeah, yeah. Um, was that offensive to you as a long time? You're not a Bulls <laughs> fan, but you're very much like a Bulls like respecter. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, who's not a Jordan like you know? Yeah, fan? yeah. Well, yeah, the, um, the whole team was amazing. Right, but, uh, right. Jordan, obviously the, the the. I did think everything. it was it was kind of interesting um, that they chose like obviously they chose it because the last dance, but it's kind of funny to see like you know Wisconsin picking a. You know, Chicago. Chicago. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I thought that was kind of funny. Did you know that Wisconsin is like really weird in that half the state hates Minnesota and couldn't like the the rivalry is different depending upon which half of the state you're in. That makes sense. Yeah. yeah. So I like mean, half I remember being at a bar in Lacrosse, which is on the western side, right next to Minnesota, and the Vikings like lost last second game to the Bears. And these like bloated Packers fans are just like having a I'm like 
I thought the Bears were your rival. What is going on? And they're like, I had to have it explained to me that, no, we hate Minnesota more than we hate Chicago, which is, which is interesting. Timberwolves, obviously, have not provided much resistance to the world champion Bucks of late. But Yeah. Um, so there's a lot of interesting things that were going on, especially because just a, a week or so ago, we were talking about our favorite, you know, if we had to make one bet on a team to win the Super Bowl. And... Um, my bet was the Packers at 20 to 1. And it was so interesting that report comes out. You texted it to me, you know, as a you know, victory laugh of sorts, maybe a little premature, on the idea that he would consider retiring. I was staunchly like, there's no fucking way this guy is thinking about retiring. He's never going to actually do it. Um, and uh, all of a sudden, 20 to 1 felt like a bad deal. Um, but now the odds are all over the place. Yeah. Well, and a lot of these limits are low. We have to be a little careful here. But if you look at um, like some place, so a place like Pinnacle Sports is where I like to look because they take they were taking million dollar bets on both sides of the Euro League for mm-hmm. soccer. So like they will take um, they and, will take big money. Whereas DraftKings, you have the packs of thirty five to one, and you, you just don't know. Like I, you know, I have to drive over to Indiana and yeah. place that relatively I mean, soon here because I don't know. Like, that what feels that like means. a syndicate situation. Mm-hmm. Thirty five to one. So Pinnacle. You know, and bet, Chris, Pinnacle is the place that generally I feel like, you know, okay, well, I'm yeah. looking for the sharpest odds. Where am I going to find them? Pinnacles, that place. And it's so interesting because there, Green Bay is plus 1337. Which is fourth in the NFL, which yep. is exactly where, by the way, like, well, I think Packers are third in our power rankings. But, like, the top four teams are the exact same as in our power rankings. Kansas City, Tampa Bay, Buffalo, Green Bay. Interestingly, though, Circa, which is a new sports book out of vegas mm-hmm. we were there with stadium swim and now they have a presence in colorado they're gonna have a presence in iowa starting this year there they they create their own lines a lot like pinnacle does and as of friday night tampa bay was the favorite to win the super bowl in those marketplaces which is not unrelated to what's going on with right, Green right, bay. right. because That's if you if you clearly take a denver Rod- broncos yeah if you thing. take aaron Rodgers out of the equation Who's who's competing with Tampa Bay to make the Super Bowl in the NFC? But it's it's two sided, right? Yeah. So and- not only does it take the biggest rival away from the Bucks in the NFC, a already weak division, but then if you put Rodgers in the AFC West, yeah. it it's a you know it's it's hitting them on both sides because now the Chiefs have to, and the Chiefs would still be the favorite there, right? Like you wrote this fantastic article where you put. Aaron Rodgers on the Broncos and ran the simulations and you can go check that out on pff.com and like the the Broncos are really really good with Aaron Rodgers the Chiefs would be the favorite the point being that both of them take a yeah. huge hit yeah and actually like I'll say this so here's a bet that I just like if we are back to giving out our locks of the week or whatever to me now if you if you buy any of the uncertainty at all, including retirement, including trade, including a rift between the organizations, Tampa Bay at seven to one is, in my opinion, a, a the be- not the best bet on the board, but it's a bet where it has a really good chance of winning. It's positive EV, I believe, because we have the Tampa at about four fifteen percent to mm-hmm. win it all. So if you have seven to one, that's one over eight. That's twelve and a half. So you like have. You know, you have a good, like, it's a positive EV play. I am concerned about the Super Bowl hangover and everything, but, like. I'm sorry, did you see Tom Brady throw the ball into That's what I'm saying. Like, are we, are we, have we overlooked this? But I I, I like this because. There's still a chance of it winning, even if, like, if you bet the Packers win the Super Bowl and and Aaron Rodgers leaves, 
like you're you're screwed. But right? it's a it's a bet also against the Los Angeles Rams, against the San Francisco 49ers, right. against gestures at the rest of the NFC. Like I don't know, like the Dallas Cowboys. Like everybody's like, who's going to stop Dallas? We had the tweet from our main account, who's going to yeah. stop Dallas? And the number of Mike McCarthy replies was, was epic. Insane. So if you just want to bet bet it once, like seven to one is not egregious. And like it's not like like betting the Chiefs at like four and a half to one is tough. Is tough, but seven to one here. I think Tampa on it related to and the Bucks just got better this offseason too. Yeah, like, at DraftKings they're six to one. So at DraftKings the Chiefs are five to one. The Bucks are six to one. Um, the Bills are eleven to one. Rams yeah. are thirteen to one. Ravens and and Niners are fourteen to one, which is I think kind of hilarious. Pinnacle they're six eighty eight. There was a pl- there was a place I showed you. I was like I got a seven to one. I'm like. This is not – it's not going to get any better than this, really, yeah. unless they have a huge injury. So, so if you – yeah. So let's talk about this kind of seriously right now. The Packer – so I don't know what the what the biggest limit bet we could get driving to Indiana is. The 35 to 1 is an opportunity. Like, mm-hmm. I look at 35 to 1, and I'm like, man, if, if there is – that is really – that's basically saying that we think Aaron Rodgers is on his way out. Right? Yeah, because... But, it, but, it, but it's weird because the lines moved on the news, right? So it was like, he's planning to retire. Sportsbooks took it off the board. And then when he and Devontae Adams posted the last dance image, essentially saying, and we got to get Nagler on here to talk about this, but like essentially saying they're coming back, right? Yeah. Is there a way for you to read that last dance post other than that? Uh, yes, that the, what they had just done was their last dance. But, oh, but the problem so. but the problem is they didn't win anything like right. I made a joke saying like will this couple f- f- make their fifth road NFC championship game right, together right, you'll right. have to tune in to find out and it's like <laughs> there's okay so I see what you're getting at there yeah there's no way now the the, the analogy is really good for a couple of reasons and we can, I, I'm gonna break this down a little bit because we talked about the last dance a bunch when it was airing but the the synergies between these two situations up to the point, where it's actually the greatest player of all time and they're actually winning championships <laughs> is is really close, right? Because the, the last dance really focused on Jordan's despise, uh, you know, the way that he despised yes, his yes. disgust for Jerry Krause. And that maybe was the most point. I think yeah. maybe it was more about that than it was even the fact that they were going to come back yeah. together. But really like what I'm dealing with is the same bullshit yeah. that Jordan was dealing with in the front office. Like the hatred that Jordan had for Jerry Krause was insane. And the, that it feels like that's what uh, Rogers And it's said. so unfortunate because our yeah. colleague, Kevin Cole, who I think almost always approached, like I always am impressed with how, uh, how sober he is when he approaches takes. Because he said, in today's NFL, a first round pick taken at the QB position at 26 Ha, is closer to in value to a pick in the fourth round than it is to the pick at number one. So should should we be as upset? Like, should anybody have been a, as upset about the Jordan Love thing as it was? And it's like, and I get that. that That's rational. That might have been what the Packers were thinking. It's also revisionist history not to, like, point out that Rodgers had digre- di, you know, regressed quite a bit up until 19. But the the, the problem that I have is... 
that isn't how Rodgers would have ever seen any of this. He was taken at pick 24. He was the heir apparent to a Hall of Famer. They traded up for that spot. And so if Green Bay was like, oh, what's the big deal? Did they just flat out miss this? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, no, no, and I agree there, but I think the whole problem with it is actually nothing really to do with where, you know, they took a player at the back end of the first round. Yeah. You're right. It's not that big of a deal. The big deal was regard that messaging that you just gave me is exactly what they should have said to Rodgers. The problem was that they didn't bother to communicate it, right? So it's like, what's a good um, analogy of something like this? It'd be like, It'd be like you had, you know, like, I don't know, say you had some power bars on your desk, right? You have yeah. one left and I'm starving. I come around and I'm like, I'm grabbing Eric's last power bar. And you come by and you're like, dude, you took my fucking last power bar. You couldn't ask me. And you were like, and it's my two po- bucks. And my point is like, dude, it's a fucking power bar. Who yeah. cares? <laughs> the point is I could have just asked you about it. It would have yeah. been no fucking big deal. You would have forced it. You would have given yeah. it to me immediately. And so to me, that's like the whole thing here. And it's, that, that is why it makes sense for me to think about, okay, what Rodgers is saying is I fucking hate Brian Gutekunst yeah. <laughs> with that post. Clearly, Devontae Adams feels the same way. And they want UW everyone. UWL grad, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> they want but, everyone to know it. But my, my thing is the reason you screwed this up, if you're a Green Bay, is you didn't have the outs. You weren't like – this is why I will go to bat not, not as much – after all the decisions were made, I will go to bat for the Kyle Pitts draft pick mm-hmm. because you did not have outs if you were the Falcons, right? You did not have, uh, we can trade Matt Ryan after this. We can get rid of Matt Ryan after this. You didn't have any, right? So right. it made sense to, you know, whether you extended Matt to begin with or just traded him or whatever, the, the fact that you backed yourself into a situation where you had to trade Julio, all that notwithstanding, the specific thing of taking Kyle Pitts was because you did not have any outs with your quarterback. So it's just like, play it out, right? Mm-hmm, don't mm-hmm. don't upset the apple cart in that one factor. I would respect the Packers a whole lot more if they had put if they had done the rod the, the Jordan Love selection mm. with the knowledge that they could get out from under Rodgers and they were willing to do so no matter what. Because right. the point the point about everybody talks about the Alex Smith Patrick Mahomes thing. Alex Smith had his best season in the NFL and they traded him. Right. Right. Like you have to have a plan and you have to have outs. Like it's the same thing in Chicago. If Andy Dalton's a Pro Bowl quarterback this year, what do they, they, they still are going to get rid of him after mm-hmm. the season. Mm-hmm. Right. Like the, the, the problem the Packers had with the Rodgers thing is they had no, they, they really didn't leave themselves an opportunity there. And there was it was a breach in, in communication. If they said, look, Aaron, it's just like with you with you with Brett. You're mm-hmm. he's sitting for three years. Hopefully you can ride off into the sunset peacefully, unlike Favre, and we're all good. But that's not what drafting a quarterback in the first round means today. Mm-hmm. And that's mm-hmm. not how far that's not how Rogers took it. Yeah. And that's why we're in the situation. And you could have just communicated it better. Instead, no. we're instead the second best team in the NFC is a clusterfuck right now. Yeah, they're like it's not it's not good. The interesting thing though is I still so I stick. I think my favorite bet is what what I'm saying. I think my favorite bet to still win the Super Bowl is now Packers thirty five to one. Yeah. yeah. Um, because, <laughs> Yesterday I was lying. Today I'm telling the truth. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> because because um, it, there's just when I because th- here's what I'm trying to think about what are the actual avenues other than retirement 
Well, the, and that's the one card Gudekunz has to play, which is you really like football, Aaron, and you're only going to need to play football here. And I'm willing to eat them. I'm willing. And and the other thing is, and this is why Deshaun Watson is showing up to Houston. That's why Chandler Jones is freaking showing up to Arizona, yep. even though he ate, like it costs a lot of money to 50K. hold out. Yeah, yeah. So that's the card that, and like that's like when when people talk about the nfl players union you know, how much they st they suck over this COVID thing it's like wait a sec this is the thing you think sucks? this is the thing you're pissed about <laughs> like, right you have, you have less power like than you can't you really hold out think, you yeah. literally can't hold out anymore yeah. um yeah because i mean so what you're gonna i mean they're not gonna trade Devonte adams right there's just no way um i don't know that he has enough leverage there um even Rodgers is like trying to find a way to, to build up that leverage. But um, I just don't, uh, the way, the reason, again, I'll just say this again, is like, I don't see anything other than retirement being an avenue for him to get out. And I can't imagine that he's actually going to retire because I, I also think there's something to this where it's like some weird stuff is how Aaron Rodgers life has taken kind of an interesting turn, right? He's like getting married um, to an actress um the the way that they are interacting what they're doing like there's definitely some things about him wanting to change his life a little bit yeah that feel it feels like there's it feels conflict. like i don't know if you've ever had this situation i may or may not have but like it's sort of like one of those where in it, it's sort of like you're trying to get the other person to break up with you and so you're acting out <laughs> And, and like we're yeah, in, yeah. and in Roger's case, he literally doesn't have the ability to break up with them other than to like retire. To retire. So he's sort of like acting out and like trying to 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 do things that would be like, oh man, we don't run Aaron anymore. And it's like Gudakus is sort of like just kind of playing it. You know, he's 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 honestly given everything that's happened since January, he's probably done all the right things. It's, it's just the situation that they put themselves yeah, in. Yeah, just a terrible, terrible it, way not, of doing everything beforehand. It, it's so weird with these decisions in NFL, right? Because we had this discussion with the other team in the NFC North who's now going to be the favorite in Minnesota, where it's like, given the Cousins deal, they've made a lot of good moves. And it's like, it always comes back to, and then like a lot of Vikings fans want to be like, see, you can still win. With, I'm like, mm -hmm. no. D.D. Westbrook is a keynote signing for you because you have all these liabilities and stuff that you have right, to. Right. And it's like, it's so interesting in the NFL because we want, you know, the news cycle is such that we want to evaluate every decision sort of in this Markovian way. Given this circumstance, this decision is a great one. Mm -hmm. And when you come up for air, you have to look and say, and this is why we talk about, you know, I, we get in a lot of comments. We're like, well, why do you like the Browns so much? Why do you like the Ravens? It's because their decisions more or less make sense. One follows from another and there's a plan there. And there's something I think endearing to that plan, even if it's not necessarily something we agree with hundred percent, at least you can see a follows B follows C. And it's like, with some of these, it's like, what? like some of these is like, yeah, I get what the Packers are doing now, but, but let's not give them a ton of credit for putting out a fire they created. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> we should absolutely not give them any credit for putting out a fire that they've created because um, they certainly did. The um, last day of the PFF 40% off sale is uh, July 26th, which is tomorrow. You may be listening to this on the 26th. By the way, if you're listening to this on like the 27th or 28th, maybe go give it a try. You never know. Some benevolent people may uh, may be looking to help you out. George is, George is kind. He's just kind just saying that. Uh, Save 40 is the promo code at pff.com. And there's a ton of reasons to go get 
your PFF subscription right now. The uh, Fantasy Football Draft Guide is out. Um, all of our rankings and projections are up and are being updated on the minute as news comes out. So you'll want to make sure you have those uh, at the ready for when your draft happens. Um, the College Football Preview Magazine is up there. If you like betting college football, I highly recommend going and getting that. There's projections in there from our simulation. Um, the 2022 NFL Draft Guide is also out. And all of the premium locked NFL um, and college and betting fantasy content is also there. Save 40, 40% off means that you can get that, all of those things, for just $5.99 a month uh, with the PFF Edge subscription. And of course, my recommendation, get yourself ready for the season with the props tool. Get an mm -hmm. elite subscription for 40% off. You will not regret it. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, let's do- Chair's kind of interesting today. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe you're uncomfortable because you need uh, to use the lawnmower 4.0 more. Maybe it's not the chair. Maybe it is. I'm a little lighter. Maybe of... you should go check out Manscaped and the. Uh, the Are we the doing the ad read or no? I don't know. I was going to try and, and move into it gracefully, but it's the lawnmower 4.0. I. So as someone that has used, I'm. I feel like an early adopter here. Before, mm -hmm. so Manscaped obviously now pays us to do you know some some advertising for them. But like this is no bullshit. I was one of those people that bought a Manscaped. Um, trimmer mm -hmm. like when i saw it on instagram you know in, in an ad like however long ago so i've been using manscape for a while i will say this their products have improved dramatically over time each one that they come out with has been way way way, way not better. many th not many so like I'll, get, I'll say this whether you're a man a woman a chiefs fan or a, a chiefs those are definitely all mutually a chiefs exclusive. minus three better in the super bowl <laughs> It became pretty clear you need tools. And Manscaped is the tools for the family jewels, you know? And, and what Mahomes showed is without your full complement of tools, it's really hard to get anything done. Yeah, you're in the turf a lot. You're in the turf a lot. <laughs> like, I mean, think about the think about the lawnmower 4.0 is sort of like, you know, we say running backs don't matter. It's all a product of the offensive line. Like think about the man. Think about the lawnmower 4.0 as the offensive line for Clyde Edwards-Helaire, for example. Let's I, say I think that's a good way to put it. I yeah. mean, my biggest thing whenever I am buying clippers to use um, anywhere on my body, mm -hmm. number one thing is you don't want to be bleeding after you no, use them. No, no, you don't. No, you don't. <laughs> and so that's like that's my number one qualification. Every Manscaped product that I've used has gotten better um, mm -hmm. at, at keeping you safe there. Promo code is PFF at Manscaped.com. You get 20% off and free shipping uh, at Manscaped.com with promo code PFF. I would go check it out. It's mm -hmm. going to be summer. It's going to be hot. You'll want to make sure you're staying trim. Okay. Let's do a little Chandler Jones here. Um, and I don't think we need to say too much about this, but what he requested a trade from the Cardinals. The Cardinals obviously just went out and got J.J. Watt to be on the other side of him. There's all this talk about how good their you know pass rush is going to be this year. Um, what do you think the result of that is? Do you think he ultimately gets traded? Do you think they just keep him there? Like, what's the deal? It's so different. Like, we have so few, so much, so many fewer historical examples, right? Like, I remember, you know, John Abraham was somebody who like held out from the Jets, went to the Falcons. Um, pass rushers are players. The edge position is a position that where players can trans mm -hmm, from mm -hmm. team to team pretty easily. So you saw Khalil Mack make an impact almost immediately. Yep. You've seen guys, even like on the older stage, like Dwight Freeney was on a different team every year. Terrell Suggs helped the Chiefs win a Super Bowl. Like all that. So I think 
relative to other players at positions, he has a better chance of being traded, and he has a better chance of being traded sort of out of the blue. Like, you you come up for air, like Yannick Ngakwe last mm-hmm. year, where it's like, oh my God, Daniel Hunter's hurt. Who's going to rush the passer? All right, let's go. The problem is that the historical comps go away because the players aforementioned, like, they, they can't hold out or they lose a significant mo- right, amount right, of money. Right. And so he can't just, like, sit out. Um but I do think that there will be a team that's like, they get through the preseason, let's say, and they're like, man, we're a pass rusher away from being amazing, mm-hmm. or we're a pass rusher away from being good. Like, that's what Minnesota thought last year with mm-hmm. Yannick. Mm-hmm. Um, so I can see him being traded. The question becomes, to whom? I mean, who doesn't have a good pass rusher? Like, the Colts right now? Like, let's say, what happens if, like, if Carson Wentz has an amazing... Mm-hmm. What if Carson Wentz I mean, had they did an, just draft Quidipay. Yeah, but... But like, we we know we know the the hit rate of edge players after right, a certain right. amount of time. Um, so I the was Colts actually... the Colts have a little bit of money. Probably they'd have to do some things. But what about like what if what if Trevor Lawrence absolutely snaps in the preseason mm-hmm. or, or looks mm-hmm. really good in training? You're talking about a team that has 29 million in cap space, but also only 22 million tied up in like their core players mm-hmm. for like on offense. You know Lawrence, Etienne, uh, Chark. Uh, Chenault, so on and so forth. Because mm-hmm. th- he's not even a rental for them, right? Like, yep. they've built such a young nucleus that they could go with in with him. The Panthers are probably... The Panthers have a lot of cap space, but they went after Redick, and they also have Burns, who I think is a sneaky uh, player of the year candidate. The Jets could be one. Go Lawson, Chandler Jones. Again, this is one where... It, it makes sense for a lot of teams. Sometimes you just know, though. Like, right, remember, like, if if Zach Wilson in training camp is like okay, this is the guy, right? And all we need, and like we have Lawson on one side and God knows who on the other, mm-hmm. then let's go ahead and throw Chandler Jones in there and try to make a play for this, you know, the AFC East, which I think is going to be a little weaker because the Bills are going to lose a lot of player hours to yeah. COVID. Like, let's go, you know? that Those are teams that I think have a shot. What, what were examples have, that you thought? So I have one team that I think makes a ton of sense. And this is by far my favorite landing spot for him, and that would be the Miami Dolphins. Yeah, um, that he will be playing in that. You know, be playing with Flores, who, you know, it's a wizard on the defensive side yeah. of the ball. They, I believe, would they have to trade Xavier Howard to make this work? Because I think that's that's the interesting thing is how they would make it happen. And I'm kind of like thinking about just doing some gymnastics there. That would be, I mean, for the for the Cardinals, that would be a really interesting move and one that I would very much support um for them but um i I don't know if they would have to trade him let me look at their their uh cap here um but that was a place where they they clearly don't have you know they 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 have defensive pieces but the pieces that they don't really have are edge defenders you look at manuel agba who agba was like low-key good last year but he was low-key good but like he was 48th in PFF uh, grade last yeah, yeah. year um, out of like 108 players. Um, what about this team? And I know, God, that 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 uh, baseball game was so funny when they ripped on Skyline. But like, what about the Bengals? Bengals would be very Bengals interesting. Have, the Bengals have two, they're the two young player, the two key cornerstones on offense on rookie deals. They just, uh, they just signed Sam Hubbard to it. They just signed Sam Hubbard to extension. That's today. I thought it, when when somebody said Hubbard Hubbard in the Slack chat, I was thinking of like the Cardinals right tackle or something mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. I, I, or whatever, uh, or former right tackle. I don't even know. Um, okay, so that one's off the off the board. Obviously, Washington's already stacked up there. The Colts do have money. 
Um, Detroit, San Francisco, probably not. Chargers, probably not. Browns already have Clowney and Garrett. But, like, those top four te- – like, the Broncos – they're Jaguars, they're- Broncos, Panthers, Jets. Jets. So, those the Broncos and Panthers sense. are probably a no given that who they have there. Mm-hmm. Injuries are always a big deal too. He could wait out for injuries and make a team, uh, you know, more desperate. You know, the um, Patriots honestly would be interesting. I don't, wouldn't be the first time Bel- Belichick's like Belichick back. goes back and brings someone back. That'd be yeah. fascinating. Um, the thing, I mean, the interesting thing about Chandler Jones is I think people view him so like he continuously gets brought up by other players as being one of the most underrated pass rushers in the NFL. And I definitely think at this point, like the number of times we talk about him being underrated, maybe means he's not underrated anymore. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, he's been good, but he hasn't been great, you know? Like, yeah. It, I, what's, like, the value for him? Because, you know, I, you look at a guy like J.J. Watt who comes in. J.J. Watt as their only pass rusher is a little scary. You definitely like the idea of having him with Chandler Jones. But I don't know that Chandler – I mean, Chandler Jones is yeah. maybe, what, top yeah. 15 make, to 20 it makes a lot of sense for Arizona to figure out how to get this thing done. He also has a big enough cap hit where an extension probably helps Arizona, right? Mm-hmm. Cause you're talking, I think in the 21 million range yep. for his certain. So he, he's actually a hell, like if they can get him like three year deal, the issue was, is that Jones. So he was worth like in 2019, when he played a full season, he was worth, if you take war and you multiply it by, you know, how much each war costs, which is sort of how you get surplus value. He was worth about $15 million, which is about what he was paid in 2019. The issue then ne- the next year is he's barely on the field. Yep. Um, where tw- he was paid $21 million. So you're looking at a surplus value of negative 20 million or so. Not good. Like that's not great. And you, he is streaky, right? So like after joining Arizona, you have two seasons above like with really good war. Then you have a, an 18 season where he wasn't good at all. And then you have a 19 season where he was amazing and last year he's hurt. Like, you just don't know what you're getting here. Um, some players, though, like, as they age and you, like, mess with their role a little bit can offer value. And, like, I, I think if I'm Arizona, the problem – here's just a small question. Like, what do you think Arizona's end game is here? Because Cliff – Cliff doesn't have that much time. Mm-hmm. You know, they're a win-now team. Right, <laughs> Even definitely. though they're fourth place in their division and betting odds right now. What do you think – I mean, I don't know. Like, it doesn't make think, a lot of sense for them not to try. Yeah, I don't think it makes a ton of sense for them not to try and keep him around. I think Cliff probably wants them to keep him around, yeah. right? Because if you trade him for, like, some draft pick, you know, that he yeah. might not be there to, to see that uh, player get drafted. I mean, you look at his PFF grade, as you mentioned. So 2016, 2017, uh, PFF grade of – uh, pass rush grade of around 85. Um, and, and you mentioned, right uh, – over two tenths of a win above replacement, he was a, a surplus value in the positive direction for the Cardinals. Um, and in 2019, had a pass rush grade uh, of 90, his highest grade yeah. of his career, and um, you know was very, very good. Had um, almost 80 pressures. Yeah. The the one year. that makes you wonder, and again, like I'm not here to try to understand player psyche, but the year that the Cardinals were truly the worst team in the NFL, he had his worst season for the team. Like, and he played almost a thousand snaps, mm. jump up 40, 42 pressures. He did have a decent amount of sacks, but like he was not as productive down for down. Yep. So if you're a team that's like boom or bust, let's say you're, you are Jacksonville and you want to say, okay, I'm going to bring him in to be like a, I'm going to bring him. And Jason Fitzgerald talked about this a lot where you pay a younger, you a younger player, 
uh, rookie contract and pair him with a veteran on a bigger contract. Mm-hmm. If he wants to go be one of the the cornerstone pieces of like a Jacksonville team, Jacksonville might not be good some of those years. Right. And you wonder if you're getting any value out of him in those years. Whereas if he goes to a contender right away, you're probably assured that he's going to give you great snaps, but he's going to have to fit in. And if you're Jones, you're going to have to probably take less. Like you could, if you're Jones, you could probably ask for more money out of the Jaguars and the Jets yeah. of the world than you probably could out of the, you know, let's say you, you talk about Dolphins, I, you know, you probably can't ask for as much out of the Dolphins given that they are, they had to give up a lot to get you. Right. Um, right. And, and our own Austin Gale was the one that said, a good fit for Xavier Howard would be the Arizona Cardinals. That might be like the blockbuster trade we eventually see. Yeah. I mean, if that were the case, doesn't that feel like a win for the Cardinals? Yeah. The the problem is, is you just don't like, so now your defensive line is what? Because they lost Reddick, who had a great year in a contract year. He was really bad before then. You have Watt on the, you have Watt there. Yep. You're really your your front seven is not two great. is two first round like raw linebackers, mm-hmm. Watt and a bunch of nobodies. I mean, and then, yeah, you've got you're basically hoping Watt can play and that Marcus Golden, yeah, like has a career year. But you look on the outside and you go, man. Yeah. I mean, they've got Malcolm Butler who is your number one guy. You have Robert Alford who like, man, you know that's like very scary <laughs> those yeah, are your two and, corners and alford i don't even know like did they resign it because he hasn't played no since yeah so he and he and then you have dark was denard you have uh as an inside player you have byron murphy who you know had, we liked a lot You're coming out of washington but, out. Is, yeah, yeah. but has been kind of butt since since joining the team so um yeah man it's probably incumbent upon you to figure it out because it's not looking great um, after after Jones there yeah. on the outside, you do have flexibility with Simmons and and, and Collins though, and and Buda Baker. Like I think you could have a nice defense there with a Buda big fan stuff. of PFF. Yeah, <laughs> it's weird. Like, <laughs> oh man, it's, yeah. it's super super strange. As if we had something against Buda Baker. I love Buda Baker actually. Yeah, um, great. <laughs> uh, let's get to surplus value here. Talk a little. Bit. We you mentioned that um, before we do. I uh, want to tell you guys about um, our friends at Fantrax. I don't know if you have this issue, Eric, but I do, which is like when I play fantasy football, I hate the league manager that I use. Mm-hmm. Um, whether it's like ESPN or Yahoo, they suck. Um, and Fantrax does a very, very nice job. Of I actually it. am a, I, I signed up for a best ball, like a, like a 700 person version nice. of it the other day. And you liked it? Uh, yeah, it was very, very easy to use. Um, one of my friends invited me. It was easy to do all the stuff. So that, that, they check all the boxes, George. Yeah, it, the cool thing about it is like the custom uh, customization that you can use with Fantrax is like way better than a lot of these other sites so like player salary and like contract options if you have a keeper league, multi-team trades, which I think is pretty cool. Good luck executing one with uh, if you have a group of friends like mine. Um, <laughs> but you know, may God be with you. You can go to Fantrax.com/pff um, and get a chance to win an autographed jersey from our guy Josh Allen, Buffalo Bills quarterback. Um, if uh, you do so, sign up at fantrax.com slash PFF. Um, surplus value. So if this is, um, you know, I think a lot of our listeners probably have an idea of what surplus value is. But um, if you don't, um, you know, and you're, you're listening to this for maybe one of the first times, like talk about surplus value, what it means and how we calculate it. 
Well, and, and we're certainly in development here. Uh, we have some updates that we're making to war, and, and a lot of that is to um, take some of the great work that uh, Brad Spielberger, as well as guys like Kevin Cole and uh, Ben, you know, people in our group, Timo Risky as well, like sort of trying to make these things, on, like trying to say, if you pay a defensive lineman this much money, all, what kind of surplus value are you getting? What kind of, if he plays amazingly, are you going to get your, your bang for your buck? Um, and, and so the idea is, I think, pretty simple. You like you find out what the player's price is, which is not trivial. It's either like cap hit or APY or something like that because we don't live in vacuums of seasons. And you say, okay, how many, how many millions of dollars is a war worth, right? Yep. And like you can break it down by position. I haven't found that to be as helpful because positions are pretty fluid. But you can like break it up between like quarterback and non-quarterback. And like just for like reference, like – given how how efficient rookie quarterbacks have been of late like one win above replacement from a rookie quarterback is, or from a quarterback in general is worth about nine million dollars um whereas everywhere else on the field a win above replacement is a extremely difficult to get mm -hmm. and b worth about 45 million dollars which sort of reflects how hard it is to get like if you have a guy who has an amazing season and is worth one war then he's worth that much money, which no non NF, no non quarterback is making that much money. And so like, you can imagine like Aaron Donald worth a ton of money. Um, you know, somebody on a rookie deal worth a ton of money if they're making veteran sort of production, um, quarterbacks, it's sort of interesting, right? Like you sort of think yeah. about like, you know, players like cousins, players like Dak Prescott, and you're wondering, okay, is the difference between, so like take, uh, you know, Dak Kirk, Let's say Kirk's probably in that two and a half war range. Mm -hmm. Dak, I think, in a very good season is worth about th like three and a half, four. Like people are like, oh, they're not that much different, right? Mm -hmm. They're not that much different. And it's like, no, like once you like go in and grade the games, Cousins is a good player. But like when you pay him that $30 million, you're sort of getting what you pay for, maybe a little less actually. Mm -hmm. Whereas with Dak, it's like, if I add another win above replacement as a QB, I mean, you're talking about, you know, $13.5 million worth of value to that team, mm -hmm. right? If you're getting in that five war range, four war range. Yep. The, the Rodgers, Brady. Exactly. And, and there's, and that's why sort of, and again, like we've, we haven't pinned this down in, in, until now, but it's sort of like jives with their intuition, which is like the cousins of the world, like, when you pay them market deals, they can never be worth it. But when you pay the when you pay the the Bradys, the Mahomeses, the Rogers of the world, you can't pay them enough. Right. And it's like because you, you have this like you have this process that's mean mean uh, magnetic, right? Mm -hmm. Where like no matter what, you're paid in this band. And the problem is 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 the line is sort of like really thin between like the cousins and the Bradys. But the 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 output when you add when you take those inputs and put them into the production function, they grow right. right? Whereas running backs are the exact opposite. You take you you take Henry versus Alexander Madison, which is a humongous talent gap, mm -hmm. and the output in number of wins is like a quarter of a win. Yeah, you and know, like and it angers people obviously, yeah. and like that it's important to say the difference in talent is massive. Yeah, um, it's it's interesting you say like so. One of the things that I find interesting is, okay, you're making this um, this discount for, you know, wins from a quarterback versus wins from 
all other players, right? If you just said, like, let everyone be the same, you've got about $30 million per win above replacement. And so then you have, you know, Brady being worth uh, last year $180 million. Yeah, yeah. And I'm, I guess I'm curious, like, where do you lie if it was a free market? Like, if there was no salary cap? That, honestly, those numbers make sense to me. Like, I think the reason that we have to do this scaling is because of the, the constraints salary. that exist to begin with, yeah. right? Like, yeah, the salary cap, right? So, like, in one in one sense, it offends me a little bit that we would say, "Oh, a win for a quarterback is worth less than a win for another player." Yeah. But it it allows you to make some. It allows you to evaluate what's going on in the league, right? Yeah. There's like two things you can benefit from. One is to have this like hypothetical situation where you go right. like, if it was a completely free market and you could sign anyone for any amount of money, like baseball. What would you see? And I think you would see, right? Baseball contracts are absurd. Yeah, you'd also baseball is different because analytics analytics is not easier in baseball, but analytics is more solved. And you you saw like for two straight summers there was no free agents that were getting any money because mm -hmm. all the teams had the same information. Baseball is different than football because like the Niners run a totally different scheme than uh, the Jets, right. or they may not anymore. But like. But like they're gonna, yeah, yeah, I picked two teams. Yeah, but like they're they're gonna value players differently on the open market. Right. So like, whereas baseball, like no one plays baseball differently. It's get on base, hit home runs, walk, strike well, people out. And that's but that's actually interesting because the one position where that doesn't really matter is quarterback. Is quarterback right? 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 And so that's why. Yeah, I mean, I'll say this. If we didn't have the constraints that we currently have, like the reason that you just like you add up all the war that players make, like quarterbacks make in a season, which, you know, in a last season, there was 173 war to go out. I believe it was 65 went to quarterbacks. Mm -hmm. So quarterbacks are worth about a third of the wins that are accumulated on a football field, which I think seems right. Uh, yep. um, but like, so they're worth all that much money, but... And, and they make this much money. But the, the the fact that they make this much money is directly of a product of A, the franchise tag, which Dak Prescott used, or that they used on Dak Prescott, and the rookie contract, the rookie wage mm -hmm. scale. Um, when you don't, and, and it's a singular position, right? So like a bigger percentage, I think, of starters in the NFL at quarterback or on the rookie wage scale than other positions mm -hmm. so you have that like that artificially suppressed market which means wins are sort of worth less on the million but then they're also generated more often by quarterbacks that's why you that's why they sort of level right like a guy let me just let me just pull up like an example here um to sort of illustrate the point um so like uh take khalil mack last season his value in million, 35 and a half million. You take out like a, and again, these are going to be updated, but he's about a four tenths of a win player. He's mm -hmm. an, and, and so translate that into millions. It's 35 and a half. He made 26 and a half. So his surplus is about 10. Mm -hmm. And like Brady was, as you said, 46. Rogers is 45, by the way, which makes the 90 million he has for over two years. Interesting reportedly. Um, so like, that's where the, that's where that scales. If you had a completely free market, I feel like you the rookie wage scale screws it all up, right? Because mm -hmm. like, what would you would you bid on? Like, would you bid on uh, Trevor Lawrence right away? Would you? I mean, we I think teams would. Yeah, that's. So, what, I mean, that's what we saw when you could you could pay them whatever. I mean, yeah. um, here's another thing that I was thinking about because the immediate you know when you brought up Cousins, like we've had this conversation a bunch, which is don't overpay for a guy whose ceiling is like QB eight. 
just don't do it yeah and the illustration of it i think you said it really well and it got me thinking about does it really does it makes are all wins created equal right you were talking about the production function right so like a quarterback that's worth two wins by placement three wins by placement, each win it, past a certain point to me feels like it's worth more yes where it's like getting, and i think actually war reflects that like i think war is nonlinear in that way like if you are in a super if you're on one of these super teams like the wins that you get like that's why last year green bay had all the players with all the high wars because like right yeah it, it, to me it feels like what would you if you were saying if you were auctioning off the wins in individually mm -hmm. right <laughs> like i would pay so much more to go from three and a half to four and a half yes or four to five than i would to go from two to three yeah going from yeah and and like uh and we talked about this a number of times in going from three wins to eight wins and eight like there and and I think this way this is the question mark I have about like Zimmer and Salah right uh, is it, sort of there's a different skill set in going from a, being a five win team to a, a ten win team than there is in going from a ten win team to a fourteen win team mm -hmm. and contending for a Super Bowl and the same thing's true about players right like I think that so like let's say Zach Wilson comes in this year we have him projected about two WAR one point seven six if he comes in and does that over Darnold that plus the correlations between other players like Davis and stuff like if that gets the Jets from you know Pythagorean I can't remember what it was four and a half five wins to um eight or nine wins that's extremely valuable and relatively cheap yep. you know what I'm saying like and, and as you said the 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 cost of going from like an Alex Smith type to a Mahomes type is hitting on an extremely unlikely unlikely bet and then when doing so the decision to pay him 500 million over 10 right because mm -hmm. that that's like currently where like the browns and ravens are which is and the, the ravens are a little different but let's go with the browns you're Meyer, you're in the miry clay as they say mm -hmm. you get mayfield you get a great coach that gets you into that 10 11 win range that's that was not not cheap but relatively inexpensive relative to what baker's going to have to do to get oh, you yeah. into that 13 14 win range and in a super bowl and the decision by a very smart browns front office to decide whether to pay that mm -hmm. and how to support that too which is which is costly in the i would say you have to make tough decisions like our colleague kevin cole who i mentioned earlier said that's the next test for the browns front office is when the when the great player you draft comes up for a contract do you have the stones to trade a chandler jones like belichick mm -hmm. did to trade a jamie collins like belichick did because that is the cost of going from win 11 to win 12 13 14 yeah. and as you said that that cost if it's all on the quarterback's shoulders can you imagine how like that's so valuable to have all your risk concentrated on one variable one player um but right. it, there are a handful of quarterbacks for which it's true that that's also interesting because like not I think this is why I feel that there's an exponential relationship between quarterback wins and value as opposed mm -hmm. to a linear one. Because when I think about, I'm trying to quantify like the big differences between, let's say, Brady and Cousins, right? There's, yes, I know Brady is better than Cousins in a vacuum. But then there is also the, if you have a guy that is worth three wins versus a guy that's win, worth four and a half wins, I also believe that the, the, um, the, the tide that raises all boats is also stronger, right? Yeah. So that like, 
there's a difference between needing your supporting cast to help you be worth that and you being that valuable, yeah. making other players more well, valuable, a la Rodgers and Brady. So like it underscores really two things. I will pay whatever it takes for the guy that is actually that good. Yeah. I will never pay anything for a guy that even if I think there's like a small chance in hell he makes it to that top tier, but almost all the time he's not going to be there. I'm never paying it. And holy shit, Tom Brady was a value last year. Yeah. Well, I mean, think <laughs> about think about this though. And th I think about this in terms of betting. I always <laughs> so the there's two you have to hit a parlay to win the Super Bowl. I think mm -hmm. we're all in agreement there. Yep. You can do that one of two ways. You can lay minus 300 on your quarterback mm -hmm. and hope for a bunch of even money bets to hit, yep. right? That's what Minnesota is doing. That's what the Rams are doing. That's what uh, Detroit's doing. That's what all the teams with the Cousian type. Yep. And like, and the, the trick here is that minus 300 is very uncorrelated with the other plus 100s. Mm -hmm. A team like the Jets is making a plus 200 bet on their quarterback, but they're laying minus 200 on a bunch of positions like Corey, like the Chiefs with Sammy Watkins is a minus 200 bet to be a decent number three wide receiver, right, right. and he was fine, right? You're laying minus 200 across the board. Which one's a better, that, that one's the better payout. But when you have a quarterback like Mahomes, the minus 500 is also, you, you found an edge to the sports book because that minus 500 is correlated with all the plus 100s right. are on your exactly. board. And that's where, that's where the value, and you said exponential, and that's the point. Like with parlays in a sports book, like, you know, as you increase the number of legs, your edge decreases relative to the sports book exponentially. But if you find a correlated parlay that the book lets you bet, you You're in, great in, shape. In, yeah. in a sense gain like exponentially on the sports book. Yeah, yeah. It's stacking in fantasy. And that's the that's what I don't know. Like that's where we have to do a better job in analytics to be able to quantify that a little bit. Like how, what is the difference between Kirk and Mahomes in like how they enhance the players around them? I think we're kind of getting there, but like it's still an open question. I think we can all see it, but I don't know if necessarily we can quantify it quite as well. But it is really the difference. And if I I'll take you know, because again, we've all bet on Sundays. Like when your rookie quarterback hits, right? It's like you bet, you have a three-team parlay and you have a one o'clock game, a four o'clock game and a, and a Sunday football game. The, the one o'clock one hits, the, the, the four o'clock one hits. You're into Sunday night and you've got tons of freedom. If you don't like that bet anymore, you can bet the other side yep, and you yep. can lock in a profit. If you love that bet, you can, you can add to it, right? At even money. Mm -hmm. And that's where like, once you get, and like I talk about the Jaguars this way, if the Jaguars get into the preseason and say, Jesus Christ, well, you know, Trevor Lawrence is, is the next Mahomes. Well, then they can go pick up a Chandler Jones and be like, let's win this year. Like, who, who's to say that, you know, Indianapolis and Tennessee have to win the South? Well, let's win this year. Like, all that kind of stuff. But, like, that's the, that's the numerical game you play with the rookie quarterback. And it gives you such an advantage over all but the teams that have the correlated parlay with their quarterback. Yeah. Um, Tom Brady worth just over in a new war um, around five wins above replacement which would put his value in the 50 million dollar range he was count costed 20 <laughs> cost 25 million dollars I mean, last year that is absolutely banana land crazy um let's uh close it out here recommendations i mean you already gave a really strong recommendation for manscaped so i'm not uh -huh. sure you can get like really any better than that but I i'll let you try well okay so i'm gonna give one that like i think everybody's gonna want mm. 
and then I'm gonna and I'm gonna give oh, one. You're, you're doubling up on us today. Well, so love it. So I'll say this: Ted Lasso is as great in <laughs> in, in se- season two, episode one, as it was. And my wife hadn't watched it with me, so like here here's a, a little story. Last year, I was super nervous about college football because like the betting landscape was so weird. So like I was like, and I'm in charge of like Greenline and all that stuff for college football. And so on Sunday, Saturday mornings, I would like calm down before the games by watching the episode of Ted Lasso from that week. And it was just like the most soothing thing. But my wife hadn't watched it. So I was like, hey, let's watch all the yeah. shows of Ted Lasso. So we did that yesterday while I was uh, grinding a little bit of code. So that that one, I don't think, I think that's a free space. Um, but I'm going to add another one to this. It is a book, um, Why Everything You Know About Soccer is Wrong, The Numbers Game. Um, this is a different soccer book. Yep. Chris Anderson and David Sally. It has been, I've had a really fun time reading about soccer. That's another good book about soccer. Um, I need you to write down all your soccer books. Um, I, I need to find so one of the things that I was I was looking for recommendations of was I need to find some better um, things to listen to that aren't. Su- I want them to be longer than podcasts, yeah. right? Like I want a topic to really dive into, but also things that aren't like so long that I'm never going to finish them. Um, so like some medium sized books uh, on on audio would be great. Uh, my recommendation is uh, something that I made for the first time. Little coconut chicken curry. Um, uh, I found it on New York Times. By the way, New York Times cooking—it's like five bucks. I also highly recommend that. Um, but the uh, the recipe is from um, originally Genevieve Co. Uh, and I guess this one has been adapted a little bit by a couple of other people at New York Times. But I have a recommendation on how you should make it. it tells you to add water at Ooh. some point. It's like add a cup and a half of water. Don't add the water. I, I don't like really um, watery curry, so I did not add the water. Humble uh, recommendation for you all. So you didn't you didn't add. So it's like coconut milk is the main liquid okay. in it. Gotcha. Um, it, it's very very easy to make, and uh, at, at one point it calls for you to add water and then cook it down. And I just decided not to add water and mm. cook down the coconut milk. I kind of do that when I make my soups. You're a soup guy. I'm a soup guy. Favorite yeah. soup. So, it used to be a tie between chili, like normal chili, like not, you know, insane people right, chili. Right. And this sounds bad, but like chicken noodle soup. But I will, chicken noodle soup that's made well is like the perfect, like, hmm. and again, growing up in Minnesota, it was always cold. So that's like sort of the, the, the context there. Chili is so like hard to come by now in this town that like I it's gone. It's fallen down. But like, like I'll go, so there's a place not to free advertisement Kruger's downtown right next to Bakersfield mm. and I used to go in there I'm like is I was like is this real chili like I didn't want to offend anybody like yeah. no it's real chili so I'd order that well like they, they don't they don't anymore like they don't like and it's seasonal or whatever the pandemic really screwed them up I wouldn't put that on my recommendations list for people by the way Kruger um, or yeah, like yeah um number one uh soup in my opinion is uh ramen uh, That's I right. Think, we have done ramen together a few I times. I think, uh, yeah, and you're not going to be able to get good ramen here in Cincinnati, unfortunately. But um, if you go to a good ramen place yeah. and you get good ramen, it, it's, in my opinion, the top. I think really good pho is also, like, okay. I think those are probably one and two for me. Um, there are people that listen to the show that, like, will talk to me and say, you know, the, the food recommendations are, like, like, pretty, if you split the difference between you and me, pretty good. Hmm. So like you're you're the um, you're the false negative, right? So you have a, you have some false negatives, I think. 
and I'm a false pop. I, I, I think some things are good that probably aren't good, right? Like, maybe. Maybe. That was our show. Thank you guys for hanging out. We love you all. We'll see you on Wednesday. Peace.